0: Welcome to season three of Dating After Death, a podcast dedicated to the journey of finding love again after losing your forever person. And I'm your semi-anonymous host, but if you know, you know. Before we get started today, I just wanna remind everybody that we're sponsored by BetterHelp, which means if you choose to go with their online therapy, that you would get 10% off of your first month's membership. So you would do that by using this link, BetterHelp dot com slash dating after death and that's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Online therapy, easy, convenient, available, flexible, really seems like a no-brainer. So check out BetterHelp. Well, welcome back to the second part of the conversation with me and Monty and Lauren. We were just about to get to the part where Lauren was going to talk about her dating experience and the man that she has met and is in her life when we had to cut off the first episode in this conversation so now we are going to pick up right where we left off with that here we go so lauren you haven't really told us about your dating experience (laughs) so let's (laughs) go let's hear that story
1: (laughs) well i remember it was about a year just under a year um out from andy's death i mean you know the reality that I can look back is that I, I was grieving the loss of him for a long time. Yeah. I mean, Andy's wasn't resembling himself as I knew it. And it just kept really getting worse and worse. And sometimes it would get better and I would be hopeful, but then the mental illness would reveal itself again. And um, I was just having to accept reality. But yeah, it wasn't until almost a year after he died that I was like, Maybe I'll, oh, I know I had, I had some friends that I was coming into contact with at all around the same time who were out of relationships, or divorced, you know, and they were telling me about the apps. And they were like, you should try Bumble. And here's why. Because you can just go shop. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, just allow yourself to browse. Nothing has to happen. Like, all you have to do is put the, you know, download the app, throw a profile together really quick, get a couple of pictures just so that you can go browse and nothing has to happen from it. You never have to talk to any of these people, but allow your eyes to start adjusting Hmm. to the idea of looking at others and kind of seeing what's out there. And yeah, I did the whole like, I would download it and then I'd delete it and then I'd download it again (laughs) until I finally got got into it. And I I don't think anything ever happened at that point, but, oh no, it did. Mom, do you remember? (laughs) I'm trying to remember your first. My first guy that I connected with on Bumble, it was in the summer and my girls were in camp, you know, and of course he naturally was like, hey, you know, what night are you available? To which I was like, zero. My girls are in camp. So how about we meet during the day? And he's like, okay, great. Sure. You know, he kind of like laughed almost on the messaging. Like, yeah. yeah, let's meet for juice, you know, like green juice. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's I sort really, of like normal yeah. around here. And I was okay. And so I was so nervous and, you know, like just, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I go to meet him and I... Called my mom. I'm like, I think I just got stood up. And she's like, No. Uh-uh. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Like it's been 15 minutes and he's not here. And she's like, Well, that's a bummer. She's like, I'm sure you look really cute. That and I'm like, way. I do. She goes, Well, where are you gonna go now? I said, Home Depot? <laughs> i was redoing the kitchen and i needed to go to home but she
0: goes perfect yeah <laughs> you will be the only woman there is especially dressed up
1: <laughs> but it was it was good it, it, i really like had to get in the mental game of like you know kind of thinking about myself and you know as i was getting myself ready and like how i wanted to talk it just started the transition for me and then I ended up meeting, you know, Mom. Don't listen to the other podcast where I tell my story of <laughs> meeting. Um, I mean, she knows all about the uh, jockey, but oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can go and hear that story. But I mean, truly, to summarize, you know, met somebody who I would have never expected to meet or connect with or go out with, but I truly feel like. Andy sent him to me as like Mm. a little gift of like, you deserve to have somebody make you laugh, make you feel like a million bucks, make you feel young again. And that's exactly what happened. And it was like a couple months of a kind of long distance relationship. I mean, you know, it lived like an hour and a half away, but for a little bit, he was here. And that just kind of It did exactly that. Like I just all of a sudden viewed myself as um, like, whoa, this is still in me and I can bring this part out of me that has basically been dead for a long time, you know? And yeah, I started dating guys on maybe like Bumble, went out a couple of guys and I remember they were so interested in the story. I I didn't put that I was a widow on my profile, but I did say I was a solo parent. Oh, interesting. Tried to see how people would react to that. And some guys like didn't get what that meant. And other yeah. guys like, you know, were trying to understand like, is he just an absent father or, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, 24 seven here. But I would reveal it pretty quickly in conversation because I wanted them to know. But I remember dating a few guys where, we just got so into the story and I felt like I was still in a place of my healing where I needed to tell the story of like what I had been through. Yeah. Cause it was really so traumatic, like leading up to his death and then after he died. And I learned eventually that that was like a quick way for them to be in the friend zone. Like, mm. you know, like we're not, this is going nowhere if we're just talking about my trauma, you yeah. know, we need like, I think it's important that you know my story. And we need to be able to like connect on all these different levels. So I don't know. I was like just about to give up at that point. And then I swiped like one more time. I felt like (laughs) that's like what I felt like where you're just like, okay, I'm done. I'm putting this thing away. And then there was (laughs) Wes's (laughs) cue. Yeah, we connected right away. And this was December, 2019. We were able to get a couple of months in of trips and little things. I had some extra help at the time. I have a guest house and I had somebody staying in the guest house who was able to like watch the girls one weekend out of the month, which was- Oh,
0: that's very nice.
1: So I took that advantage of that and then COVID hit and it was like, whoa, it was pretty intense for him um, as a divorced dad of three kids. And all of a sudden, you know, he's trying to keep his startup afloat with- three kids at home half the time. But we were making it work all through COVID and beyond. But eventually I just started to become really drained now looking back, and I my mom and I've talked about this plenty too. She can see that it was just too soon for both of us. We both mm. still had a lot of healing to do. It was it had been around the same amount of time for us that we had been out of our, you know, marriages. Yeah. And he really hadn't healed from his divorce and they was still very like contentious. And there was a lot of drama there. There was a lot of drama with work. There was a lot of drama with his kids. And then I was playing therapist and it was very triggering for me because mm. that was what I did with Andy. Yeah. So I was like, this doesn't feel healthy for me at all. Yeah. And I didn't know how to make it better. I kept. I thought I was trying to speak up. Now, looking back, I just hadn't really learned how to kind of get out of codependency yet. Like I just had always felt um, like I just want to be easygoing and I don't want to, you know, be like a pain in the ass and go with the flow. And I did that a little bit and I, you know, find my like that I was losing myself in the process. Hmm. So I ended up breaking up with him like we were short, short of being two years together and we were both devastated. I mean, I, he was, he was, felt like he was blindsided. Um, I don't, I think he just has selective memory of like, you know, but it was a really hard, that was was a really difficult time. Like it just brought up all the grief and really the most interesting part about that, that I'm actually grateful for is that it made me realize my patterns with abandonment and my dad that I had always put my dad up on a pedestal of like, he was the best dad and he was wonderful, but also I didn't get enough time with him.
0: Hmm.
1: When he was here, I always wanted a little bit more. And it was really only when I was becoming a teenager that we were able to find ways to connect. We were starting to go out to breakfast together sometimes before school. And so, you know, the, as they say, you go, I always thought it was cute that I was finding guys that reminded me of my dad. But this in particular was like really bringing up my wounds having to do with Mm. my dad of like, I just wanted more of his attention and attunement. And he just wasn't able to give that to me because he was pulled in so many different directions. He just spread himself very thin. Yeah. So basically, we broke up and I was very hopeful. For a bit of like, you go do your work. You know, I think that you need to get a therapist so that I'm not it, yeah. and I'm gonna do my thing. I didn't really recognize at the time this work that I needed to do, and kind of like little Lauren, like inner child mm, stuff. Yeah. Then I I remember going back on bumble at one point after it had been like a couple of months and I saw him and it crushed me I was so <sighs> pissed at him and it was kind of like just that reality of like oh he didn't die like we yeah. broke up and he didn't die like he's still he's here still and there. he's like back out there dating oh my god it was it it just again just kind of reinforced a lot of this you know wounding from the past and abandonment and yeah I just wanted him to like do the right thing and choose me but basically, you know, I ended up dating some other people, had some interesting experiences. <laughs> and meanwhile, Wes just kept checking in with me. Mm. He went to weekly therapy for over a year. We were so apart for broke 14 up for months. Oh, wow. I finally just gave him another chance. Basically, it was like pretty impressive. My mom's like, I'm impressed. This is like quite a love story that like once Mm -hmm. will not go away. And he's just really willing to do the work. And that's so Once I really opened myself back up to him, which was very, very challenging. It was clear that he did like the way that he, the conversations that we would have, the communication, the things that I felt like I could be brave enough to say, just kind of brutally honest, um, he could hold that. Uh, I could see that his relationship with his ex was better. If anything, just the way that he handled it was better. It was really kind of like all the things that you hope, you know, when you like break up with someone that you love, because there's this pattern. Yeah. It really did happen that like we were able to both go do our own work and then come back. And um, it's still all the things are still there. He still has three kids. (laughs) He's still very busy. But I've learned that I just take care of myself. Like in the times that I'm looking to him for attention, I can now recognize that and be like, that's not his responsibility. That's not for him to provide for me and that I need to be able to provide that love and attention for myself and continue to take care of myself.
0: Yeah. Listening to that, I've just been thinking a lot about like when people meet online, because I think this, I'm reflecting a lot about my relationship, which has a similar trajectory to yours too, where it's like you meet two people are meeting who are essentially in a in a difficult place. You know, it's yeah. like people who are getting online to date, I think are often in process. Like we're all sort of in process of improving, but, mm-hmm. you know, we both met at a broken place and yeah. we're healing together. And at the same time, and we were talking the other night about how you look back and it's like, I can't believe you chose to date the me that you met two years ago, you know, because I'm so different now than I was then. And he says the same. Yeah. And I think that's important for people to think about when they're like first dating, you know, it's not like you want to date somebody and think, oh, I could fix that person. But also that like everybody is sort of a work in progress and nobody's going to be perfect out the gates.
1: Yeah. It became the most important to me to find somebody who is just on the same trajectory as me. Like at this point, I'm doing the work and I'm always going to be doing the work like this is the life path that I'm on, given the circumstances that, you know, life's handed me. Yeah, I enjoy looking within understanding my traumas, how it affects my nervous system, how it affects you know, how it plays out in my relationships. I'm pretty conscious at this point, and I'm looking for somebody who's equally conscious or wants to be. Yeah. So that really became a requirement for me. I felt like he, Wes was a little bit asleep in that way. And now he's like, yeah, he's just proving that he wants this. He he used to joke that he's like I feel like you're like varsity and I'm JV. <laughs> but, you know, he's like but I'm I'm with you. Like I want I I want what you're saying. Yeah. And I I'm just always curious and I want to learn and like his level of commitment, you know, is like okay, I mean. Yeah. I can I can work with that.
2: I also was just thinking how important it was for me not only to feel loved and supported in that way, that you're always, because I said to Michael once, I said, boy, I talked about Billy a lot, didn't I, in the beginning? He said, yeah, but that's okay. He didn't, he, he I, I was telling Billy stories all the time. Mm-hmm. It was very important for me to have a man in my life that would always understand that he wasn't going away. The person yeah. that I loved is going to be there. I want my kids to be able to celebrate him when they want. I want to be able to tell funny stories. There are a lot of Billy stories that now are coming more and more coming out. He laughs. He just doubles over laughing. Hmm. He's now he's now appreciating who I was with before and understanding that you don't just sweep them under the rug. They're a part of you, yeah, forever. And it's important for your children. It's important for yourself because you just you move on in some way, but you just learn how to live differently than you lived before. But that was an important person that that I had children with, so.
0: And Monty, did you feel like mm-hmm. you did some, um, because I think those who aren't widowed, who especially those who are divorced, who are dating a widow, right? Uh-huh. They need to figure out how to manage all of that and and to do it well for you and for your children, right? So do you feel like you sort of helped him, helped Michael to come to that? I could sort of feel it. There was like
2: a feeling I could get from him that he was accepting all of me. Yeah. Not just the part on a date. He was accepting. I mean, I've got, I've got some stories of back, way, way back in my early childhood and everything. And he knows them all. And yeah. he accepts all of that. But I, I felt it. I felt it, you know, when I met him. I didn't really feel that way with anyone else. I felt like I could talk about whatever and he would just be the best listener and he is yeah I'm sure he got a little tired of hearing of him <laughs> but it was sort of my way of claiming my space there and a boundary I sort of you know here I am this is what this is what I loved so much about my life before and this is a funny story because I want you to like him too yeah. and interestingly they don't act normally anything alike. Well, they have they have very several very similar characteristics, which I found along the way, which I think you just find. You just find. I don't know. He's not completely different, but a lot different Yeah. than my first husband was just a entrepreneur and he was just go, 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 go. And we were sort of left back here in the dust. Hmm. And I would try to pick up the pieces and make it all together again, you know, and Michael's not like that. So, yeah. I think you kind of go for it, as we talked about before, who you feel you want to be with now if you were given a choice. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, and I think in in that discussing of our late husband's you're not you're teaching them about them but then also like, hey, remember we're going to both keep this person as a part of our story even right. together. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's been challenging for for Wes and that was kind of like something that I wanted him to really get before we move forward. And when I was kind of giving him a chance again, we were going on these walks, And I remember telling him about it was Dia de los Muertos. And I was telling him about how I had pictures up of my dad and Andy. And you know, for the girls and for me and lit candles. And that I really just had a moment after they went to bed looking at these two men and like how appreciative I am for them. And like, where would I be without these two men? I just... I feel their love for me. I feel their support on the regular. I feel their love. And I reciprocate that love. And I said, I'm in a relationship with Andy still, you know, a loving reciprocal relationship. He said, well, then how do you make room for somebody else to come in? I said, well, it's like having more kids. Like you have another kid. you, You think, how is that even possible that I could love more? and make room for more. But then of course, it's just like endless, you know, and he said in him being a father of three kids, he said, I have never thought of it like that. Say no more. Like, it just clicked and he just got it. Yeah. So it's been a little bit of like that with him. He's just always kind of trying to understand because he doesn't know it's not apples and apples with divorce. You know, I'm still very much involved with Andy's family. They are family to me. And they will continue to be for the girls and I and that's not in his <clears throat> life. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can't relate to that. So it's like, it's unique. And he's just always trying to understand. But the trying part is admirable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I always have this thing that my dad said to me when I was a kid about how our hearts have an infinite capacity to love. And I just love that it just resonates in my head over and over maybe we should put it on a t-shirt because, you know, it's like, that's the thing. Why do we feel like it's limiting? Although I do think it's really interesting because a guest a while ago said something about how she doesn't feel like she's any longer in love with her late spouse, that there is a lot of love there. But like the act of being in love is a daily thing that happens. Mm And I don't know, I think it's all about the way you frame it. But I think it's a challenging thing for anybody who comes into our life to fully get that. That piece of it. Totally. All right. Okay. Can I just do a few quick questions for both of you? Sure. And maybe let's just try to keep it to like super short answers. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, Monty, you are remarried. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And how long did you and Michael wait before you got remarried? Five years. So you dated five years. We, and then- we dated for five years
2: and then, yeah. And said, oh, I guess I'm going to be with him forever. So we might as well Mm. be married because we have grandchildren coming.
0: And that was, yeah. Okay. And Lauren, do you see yourself getting remarried? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not in a hurry.
1: I feel like that just makes things very complex. And I feel pretty devoted to my girls at the moment, you know, just their ages. But
0: sure. Okay. Lauren, do you see yourself having any more kids? No. Okay. All right. And me either. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Monty, we'll start with you. What did you do with your wedding ring after your husband died?
2: Well, my wedding ring has been, I wore it. I wore my wedding ring for a long time. I remember saying to myself, this stays on until someone gives me something else to put on that finger. I said that early on. I remember saying that to myself, but I eventually, probably after a year, I took it off. Okay. Uh, it felt strange and has been like in a safe ever since. Okay.
1: And what about you, Lauren? Yeah, I had, um, you know, we, we separated, but I w- always wanted to stay married and he was all over the place with that. Um, and I stopped wearing my, diamond but was wearing my band um for a while and then that was just a lot easier of a transition i think for me to like then stop wearing the band um but yeah i have the ring in the in a safe and there was one day that i was feeling like oh you know i could like sell that and have like a fund for the girls and that money could be making money and i i I like looked up where I was going to take it, and then I got it out and I put it on, and I was like, "Ah." (laughs) "Totally lost." And I was like, "Okay, I guess I'm not ready yet." Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, Monty, do you know what the widow's fire is? (laughs) (laughs) The what? The widow's what? We talk talk about this thing, the widow's fire, basically just like this very strong desire for physical touch and intimacy. And did you oh, feel okay. that in the months or years after your husband died? Well, the
2: funny story is that I didn't know. I didn't feel that at all, probably because of everything that I was going through. It was, I'm writing a book about it, by the way, because it oh. was so intense of yeah. what I was doing. And then people kept wanting to get me out and they kept giving me massage gift certificates. Mm-hmm. So I go to this massage place, and this new guy that just came from Bosnia is giving me the most amazing massage, but he said, I have never touched anyone as tight as you. Your <laughs> head, your this, the muscle on your scalp is tight. Well, I've been thinking a lot. And I it took me a, probably a half hour to get into it. But when I was finished, I could hardly get up. I called Lauren because I did have by then a phone, like a car phone, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) In the middle. Fired in. And I called her and I said, I think you have to come and get me. (sighs) And she said, what are you talking about? I said, I can't move. I don't understand what's going on with me. It was was a man. Mm -hmm. It felt so good Mm
0: -hmm. to have
2: this touch. I, I, had, I don't think I'd ever had a massage before. Oh, wow. I mean, I was 44. You know, they didn't have massage stuff around like they do now. Yeah. Like, you know, so many people, young girls get their nails done. I was really old before I got my nails done. <laughs> so that was, I mean, if you're talking about that, the other guys that I went with, they would come to me at the door. And I'll just tell you this with their, like their mouth open to give me a good night kiss, and I'd say, <laughs> goodnight, and I'd put a full hand. So no, I was not into that. <laughs> I remember I said, there was a,
1: oh God, Christmas, <laughs> that we were we were invited with a group, and they must've got, gotten you like a toy or something, because they, oh, they were laughing. They said, Monty, this present's for you, and then you were like hiding it, and I was like, okay, what's
2: going on? Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> you're right. You're right. I uh, thought, what? I, you know what? I thought, what the heck am I supposed to do with this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Times they haven't changed. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny. That's um, my funny. first massage was that way too, except it was like a Russian woman. And I was like, I don't even care. Just the touch. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That feeling of yeah. somebody's hands on you. It was like, touch. Oh. Well, just, you know, I didn't have any
2: support during those four years other than my immediate family. And no one put their hand on me and said, well, one person and said, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. So when I finally got a massage, it was like, everything's okay. You're going to be okay. It was very, very emotional and just wiped me out. Some, I sat there in the car for an hour until I could get my grips of just Mm -hmm. finding my way home. That's what, what it did to me. That's amazing. It's very important to do that, by the way, Mm -hmm. for people who are wanting to get back just to you know feel touch the sense yeah. of touch mm-hmm. is important. Agreed. Lauren Widow's
0: Fire? Yeah, I think I dropped into that a little bit. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you're listening, you can hearken back to the sex episode from season two. <laughs> okay. So let's just finish with Monty, we'll start with you. What is one thing that you are most looking forward to? Oh, wow.
2: Well, I'm looking forward to a new chapter with my husband now. We are putting our house on the market and um, moving to San Diego. We're in St. Louis now. And going back and forth because I do have grandchildren here and a son here. But, um, and continuing just you know, coming together with my husband, who's always been a hard worker, he's an accountant and financial person, and just having some fun, and playing, and laughing, and enjoying joyful things, things that bring me joy is what I'm into right now. So if it doesn't bring me joy, eh, it's out. Hallelujah.
1: (laughs) Including people. Yes. How about you, Lauren? I'm looking forward to our spring break. The girls and I are going to, um, this will be our third year going to this ranch in Arizona. And it's like, we finally found a place where all three of us can have fun. It's not just me doing the same, you know, just in a different location and having to do a lot of work. It's like literally a week where I don't have to cook or clean.
2: Mm. I'm
1: being served wonderful food. My kids are happy. I get a little time away from them because they go on these like all day rides. Sometimes we ride together. But really, it's like I find myself by the end of the week after I've sort of dropped into relaxation, go on these rides where I'm just like loping across the desert for, you know, miles. And I just have this like big smile on my face and dust Mm -hmm. on my teeth. And finally, we found something that works for all three of us Mm -hmm. where everybody's getting their needs met.
0: That sounds amazing. Yeah. Mm, thank you both so much for doing this. And thank you. It, you have such a unique story to have both gone through this in different ways, two times, and I know it's gonna hit a lot of different people in different ways. So, and be so helpful. I hope so. Thanks for doing this. I I really think that
1: it's just a, such an important part of healing for people to hear other stories and
0: share and know that they're not alone. And
1: Absolutely. That's how you get
2: through.
0: That's how you get through. And she's right. This community has really been a lifeline for me and I know for some of you because I hear it from you a lot. I love connecting with you on lots of different levels. Next week we have the Costa Rica trip that has been planned for many months now coming up. So. Twenty of us from this community are going together to Costa Rica. So excited about that. If you are somebody who's interested in trying out travel again after losing your person, maybe you traveled with them or maybe you just have places you want to go or you just want to travel and you don't want to do it alone, we are also going to be going to Colorado this summer at the beginning of August and you can check the link on my Instagram page to check out all the details about the Colorado trip. It is filled with awesome activities wet water rafting and e-bikes up the mountains, sandboarding, and all this great stuff. So I would love to have you join that trip. Another thing that's coming up on the Patreon is an interview that I finally did with my boyfriend. And I think it's really great, actually. The sound quality, not so great because we were doing it in a car. Because it's so hard to find time to just sit down and talk for something like this when we're both working and squeezing in time to see each other. But we were on a little road trip and I was like, let's do it. So if you are interested in hearing what he has to say about dating a widow, also just his general outlook about dating apps from a male perspective or his male perspective, definitely not every man, go ahead and join the Patreon. You would have access to that at the $10 a month tier. That gets you access to the Facebook group plus all of the bonus content. I am going to leave you with that and wish you a good week. As the weather warms up and we... Reemerge back out into the world a little. All right. Until next time. Bye.